hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for each one of you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Joining us today is someone who from the first moment I met was someone I knew had an incredible amount of talent, drive, and passion for helping others achieve a higher quality of life. He holds degrees in mechanical engineering and biomechanics from Georgia Tech and the University of Roehampton, is a yoga aficionado, a world-class coach, and the owner of Hefe Living, which seeks to bring each individual from a state of I should meditate to I meditate. Please help me in giving a very warm welcome to the guru of calm himself, Jeff Lester. What's up, Jeff? <laughs> Dude, that was awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so much for that introduction. That felt great to hear all that. Absolutely. You know, it's great I, to be here. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, one of the things that you and I have both gone through recently is celebrating wins, you know, and I feel like when you get an intro made, like I love doing it because it allows other people to celebrate the wins that we very rarely take a look at, you know, as human beings. I mean, we're never we're always told, like, you know, don't gloat, don't be narcissistic. And I think a lot of us that, you know, actually should celebrate our wins, just take that to the ump degree and are like, okay, we'll never celebrate. We'll never, we'll never say anything. So I'm happy to do it, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Great practice. Yeah. So, Jeff, you know, I would love it if we could begin by having you share with the listeners some background into your journey and how you got to where you are right now. Man, absolutely. It's very it's in retrospect it's clear for me there was a multi-phase evolution from where i would say i started and where i am now and to take us back to the beginning of transformation was in my early early 20s so i was 20 and i was leaving home to go to college uh same state but six hours away so i packed up the truck the car and and moved down south and I, um, I spent a semester there finally for the first time out of a home and where there was a lot of toxicity, like totally a lot of manipulation and a lot of um, drug abuse and really difficult dynamics like that in my household. So without getting into too many details about that, my way of numbing, of my way of medicating in those times was food, eat. Um, to eat suppressed feelings and that manifested as like 120 pounds of extra weight on my body. So I left high school at the age of 18 and started college weighing around 280 pounds and really no idea of myself in terms of my health identity, what it what it meant to feel healthy and all those things. I I knew a lot of what was right and what is supposed to work and how I'm supposed to eat and never really connected with that until a dear friend of mine, she, she's like a sister to me because she's my best friend's sister-in-law and she was overweight and we were going to the same school and she did the, the weight loss program at the, at the university gym. And I got I got excited about that. I got wrapped in that. I even though I was overweight because of just rubbish lifestyle habits, I still loved uh, playing sports, basketball. Grew up playing baseball, so so I did engage in activity, just not in a way that was uh, consistent. 
So anyway, I started going to the 5 a.m. workouts with her in that semester that she was doing the, the weight loss journey at the, at the university. And I got so into it that I, uh, that I applied to do it the next semester. And I got into it. And man, when I got into it, something tapped into me like it was competitive. It was like, I'm here, I'm supported, I'm on a mission. It's like it shifted into another gear. And a lot of it, I really believe there's twofold. It's, it's one, I was, I had been out of my environment that created, that supported and facilitated these poor habits for long enough that those, that energy started to deteriorate where I could start making my own decisions. And two, I'm here in a community that is supporting me, encouraging me, and holding uh, a scaffolding, a space for me to go on this journey. And I fucking took it. Like I lit, I got lit up. And and in the course of four months, I lost 40 pounds. And it was the very first time I saw a physical difference in my body. My face was leaner. My body was thinner. And, you know, I, I had the story of like, you know, I'll just get to 200 and I'll be happy with that. Like that's a that's great. And then I got to 200 and I'm not that huge of a frame. I'm 5'10". So I can easily weigh one, 160 with, with a little bit of muscle. And, and still like I was at 200 and I was like, I'm going to keep going. I actually fell in love with the lifestyle. In fact, I became addicted to it a little bit. It was the next, it was the <laughs> next thing. So I transferred schools. I went to the, um, to the engineering school, the renowned Georgia tech, and I had been so serious about my studies at uh, Georgia Southern University for the first year and a half that, you know, I was able to enjoy my time a lot more at Georgia Tech. And I, I continued my fitness journey on and on and on. I eventually became a, a fitness instructor. So I was teaching spin classes. And uh, around this time, I had gotten into community. I, I had developed a new identity of I want to seek out opportunities to do group fitness, to exercise with people. I did enjoy being alone and running and things like that. And at the same time, I was like looking for it. And um, I think the first big shift in my psyche now was me putting myself out there teaching group fitness classes and spin classes. And it's really a part of my dharma if i look look at it closely like i am built wired and engineered to really want to present and teach i mean i love to teach people and i love to inspire people so it was my first act really like act that's a very special word mm. of stepping into who i am in a more meaningful way and burning away like it's it's truly like burning away the the illusion or the um, the sides of who I was before, right? So about a year later, my mother, who I love dearly at this time, she's been sick with, with cancer, and we can go into another side, we can go into another side quest, and I'll talk about her um, addiction to prescription pain medicine. And that's something that I, I didn't really realize was so detrimental to her health. But I saw I saw uh, drugs and alcohol absolutely ravage my family in a way that I had no other perspective of what um, normalcy was. 
And so I told you this uh, when we were talking together. It's like I was a like a straight up fuck no to drugs and alcohol all the way until I was 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- yeah, t- around 23 or so. And that's because I saw my, my mother abuse prescription drug medication. I saw my uncle abuse it. My sister abuse it. My uncle became an alcoholic. He committed suicide. My mother, um, she was cons- like fully dependent on it. And by the time I was 22, 23, she, well, 22, she had relapsed into it and, and like the repercussions of chemotherapy from her cancer. So those drugs were so intense on her system that even even years of being in remission, this is what the doctors say, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Uh, even years of being in remission, it, there was all of a sudden like a, a catching up, if you will, onto her system where we talk about in health and wellness, like if you live really hard in your young, in your young age, be, be prepared for a hard landing when your body is no longer able to take care of it because we have our bodies are sturdy when they're trying to make babies but the second we get out of that that realm of of evolutionary need to reproduce it depends you know how hard you hit the ground really depends on how well you took care of yourself and unfortunately my mother had no agency on her own health in a way that i see it now and so i i love her and i'm and part of me i want to be honest about it part of me is fucking livid Hmm. about a system that absolutely corrupt people's agency and ability to take care of themselves. I mean, it. like I just, I see how oriented towards capitalizing on illness rather than facilitating health. I mean, we want to, we want a, a system. Well, ultimately we want people to know how to take care of themselves. Of right. And I think that is, that is the ultimate uh, dream and vision is that we we foster a society where people understand their health intimately like I do now and you do mm-hmm. through a journey and they can take care of themselves and you know the only real time I haven't been to a fucking doctor in 10 years man like <laughs> I mean I've been to an Ayurvedic doctor yeah yeah um, you know I don't have I don't even have health insurance and I feel like a rebel for saying that but, <laughs> you are um, a rebel Jeff you are a rebel yeah man thank you <laughs> yeah and so um, yeah, I saw that and I was very, that's been very influential to me in the last several years. So she passed away when I was 23, uh, 22, sorry. She never saw me graduate from the school that I basically went to, to make her happy, uh, to, to make mom happy and to make mom proud. Uh, dad too. I went to Georgia tech. I was an engineer. Um, back when I was, when I had the identity of, of, overweight I had better be smart like if I'm going to be a fat slob I better be a smart really fucking intelligent fat slob Mm. and that's how I operated like I busted my ass in school I wanted to be the best I had that competitive edge in the classroom I um, was usually at the top of my class and and eventually that persona shifted into the health Mindset, the health and wellness. So I eventually became the guy that wanted to be the fittest. I wanted to run the farthest. I wanted to be the fastest. And I, and I pushed myself in that way. And I would say in a healthier way. And so when my mother did pass away, I had a, a reckoning. Like it was like a where what what to do now. Um, I I've been four years, four and a half years into this degree of of hard labor, blood, sweat, and tears. And now I've really found something I'm passionate about and that I love. 
being the exercise and fitness and wellness. So I dabbled a little bit and I got involved in a running, um, an amazing running community in Atlanta called Big Peach Running Company. And I'd say that's one of my first and favorite communities and also a boot camp school. Um, rest in peace, Moto Fitness, a, a park boot camp school. And that's like totally the vibe of our tribe that was, we, we were just in uh, Smith Mountain Lake. Like I just, I loved that kind of energy. Yeah, man. So anyway, I got, I really got into that and decided, okay, so I love to travel. My, my mother has passed away. I'm, I'm in a way running away from really processing that. Like I really decided that I wanted to go live in France and study, continue studying in France because I had really a, a couple of forays into industry as a mechanical engineer. And I found them utterly distaste, like just was not interested in that like sitting behind a computer drawing lines on a screen it's just exactly what it is it's not i'll tell you what it's not it's not developing the iron man suit and being cool as fuck like robert downey jr in the movies which is what i thought it was when i signed up for it anyway i digress so i so um when i went to france i had settled my mother's estate it was uh it was quite difficult and i did it like in total like get it done as quick as I can, rip off the Band-Aid. Um, like, I don't want to feel any of these feels. And I did, you know, I will say that I did process my mother's death well. Um, I ultimately had to be the one to say, uh, do not resuscitate. Like, she would, she had been in a string of comas over the past six months where she was in and out of the emergency room. And I told them, I was like, this is a stupid pattern. Why does it keep happening? Why do you keep sending her home with more pain medicine where she goes comatose and needs to go back to the emergency room? That's mm -hmm. what happened. I saw it. I thought it was absurd. Mm -hmm. um, and finally, the doctors, and she was to a point where they said, look, she's not going to get better. I mean, she's she was in, in, a, in a way a vegetable um, at that time. And and then they, they laid it up on me. They're like, all right, so what's the decision? We could keep her alive uh, in this state or she can we can put her into a hospice and she would pass away and i knew my mom she was uh piss and vinegar and fire for sure and she told me for sure that if it came down to it it would be a pull the plug do not let me suffer um situation and so thank i thank you mother a lot mama for that guidance to give me the power to make that decision uh before i really had the agency to do it and so back to the back to going to France is like I'm totally running away from this Tra like not not necessarily trauma just heaviness back in Georgia and I'm and a lot of people say you know what are you running away from and I know what I was running away from in a sense but I was also running towards what I loved mm. it's important that because I really was I didn't run into booze and drugs and, and different coping mechanisms mm. I was like I want to get abroad i loved europe the first time i studied abroad and i thought i would i might like what i would study and be able to integrate it into sports sports and fitness clothing material and no what i ended up studying was um steels and composite materials for aircraft and vehicles and it was really fucking hard <laughs> and after um about a year of that of just like barely being able to will myself to do that work to do those studies i had spent 
most of my time avoiding those studies, and I cultivated a fitness and wellness community at the at the school in France. And like I did it, but France has, especially in small town France, there's no group fitness culture. People just do their own thing. They run, they walk, they they sit, smoke cigarettes, and eat baguettes, and that's France in a nutshell. Outside of Paris, has a little bit of of group fitness culture, but. Um, I, I, I took it upon myself. I wanted to do boot camp. I wanted to teach boot camp. I wanted to run. I wanted people to run with this. And I wanted. I even wanted to do yoga at this point. So I recruited a friend to teach yoga. I, I taught boot camp and running, and we, we built a schedule, and we followed it. And so for several months, we had a fitness club going, and I, I loved it, man. It was awesome. So one day, I'm walking back from campus. I had just had my head done in by some lecture and I was like, I was literally looking down at the ground, walking back home and just like, and so, and you can imagine the headspace, just like, oh, this is so much not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I know what I, there's, I want to be happy. Like I, I'm really grateful that I have a soul that was like <clears throat> encouraging me always to, to strive to find a life that pleases me, that's enjoyable. And, and it's, for some reason, I think some people are happy with with mediocrity or, or, or a mild level of discontent, but mm-hmm. I, I was not. And so I um, always considered different life paths, and I and I read lots of self-development and, and psychology books. And I remember literally walking down this path and looking down, and I looked up, and to the right was – so. I'm in this headspace. I look up, and to the right is the is the soccer field where we did our boot camps, and we did all the training. And all of a sudden, this weight lifted off me. It's like I love doing that. It's so good. Like it was just just by seeing that thing that I had associated good feelings with, I immediately clicked into that embodied experience. And that was such a dramatic shift to go in the headspace of dwelling on my current circumstances and how how little I liked them to looking up and realizing that I had created this community and I, and I enjoyed it and it was where my heart was. And it was like, it, the fork in the road appeared to me in that moment. It was like, you can do this or you can do this. And there's an amazing quote by my, I would say my favorite author, Stephen Pressfield. Uh, he wrote the, the War of Art that we, we talk about often and several other very great books in that same vein. And he says, Put your ass where your heart wants to be. Put your ass where your heart wants to be. And my heart really wanted to be into the wellness and fitness industry. And it was just so clear in that moment. And so it was, it was, it became my mission to quit engineering and figure out how I could teach group fitness. And it was a big, big deal. Like I decided, I did decide in that moment. It was the death of me pursuing engineering in that moment. I can assure you that. But what I had not figured out yet was how I would go forward specifically. And what I had to still sever was the pride of having spent now five years and many thousands of dollars um, investing in this to be smart, to get a six-figure income, to be corporate, yada, yada, yada. So I had to, that fucker had to die. And that was, that was, no easy task to to sever that energy of investing emotion and, and time and life 
into that identity. And so, you know, like as soon as I cut that cord and started going towards what I want, where my heart wanted to go, it was unbelievable. Like the wind of the universe was at my sails and everything became simple. I decided right around that time that I wanted to go to London. I had, I'm in London right now. I visited London while living in France and found that London had a, an amazing group fitness culture. You can throw a, a, a rock and you can probably hit a fitness studio uh, if you're in, in central London and or a healthy eating place. It just, I loved it. It, it was exactly my vibe at the time. And so I made the decision, all right, I'm gonna look at schools in London, I'm gonna transfer and I'm gonna go teach group fitness. Very simple plan. And if my, and I wanna bring this back to something important, like my mother had to, had to pass away for me to, to realize that. Like truly, I had lived and I and I'm eternally grateful to her and to her life and to um, exactly what she bestowed upon me uh, in her way and, and I think at a divine level, more than just this human level that like all, everything that had happened and every, every all the life that I had lived had led me up to that moment and so it's very special and I, and I really share that with my mom because as much as she played a role in, in me feeling like I needed to make her proud um, in being an engineer, she's also played a role in passing of me wanting to make her proud by following my heart and so um, it's been a very special journey with her and that healing of the energetic bond with my mother after she's passed away and I and I like I go into some deep stuff and I know that she is healed too from that work so how's the story going so far dude I love this man keep it going <laughs> so everything gets easy from there for a period I apply and get my visa to go to the UK I apply to a school I get accepted I'm like all in on biomechanics and I've got the mechanics background. So basically it's, I'm getting to learn the physiology and sports science side of biomechanics because I already know the mechanics. Hmm. That's nothing. So I'm getting to, to study what I liked and I enjoyed that degree. Uh, except that was a sideshow, like complete sideshow because within uh, three days of moving to London, here's a, here's a good story for you. <laughs> I before I got on the plane, I searched on the UK version of Craigslist. It's called Gumtree. Great name. I love that name. Um, it's way better I, than Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, so much better. Gumtree. Um, I got a bike. I got a bike so I could ride it around because I, I love riding a bike around a town. And it's a great way to, to, to be outside and to breathe fresh air and exercise and everything. So I wanted that to be a part of my London experience. I got the bike. Um, I called the guys. Like, let's let's do this. We'll meet outside of Fulham um, Fulham Broadway Tube Station. I'll test it out. So, no kidding. Two days. I, I get my stuff packed packed into my room. I move like I move in, and then the next day I'm going to meet this guy and get the bike. I ride the bike, and here's and I named this bike Sheena because Sheena was this beat up '70s. Uh, 
I forget the name of the, the bike model. I think it was a Peugeot, like the car. Mm. And um, with pink handlebars and the kind of bike nobody would steal. And I, and I was like, just like the Ramones song, Sheena is a punk rocker. She's a punk rock bike. I get on this bike and it's a fixed gear. Do you know what a fixed gear bike yeah, is? Yeah, yep, I do. There's, there's, no, there's no back pedaling. You yep. can't even coast. Yep. Like your legs have to always be moving. Mm-hmm. So that was my first time on a fixed gear bike. And I was like, uh, that is terrifying. I don't really know how to do this with like my legs have to keep pedaling. So I had to get used to that. And, you know, I told the guy, I was like, you know, I like it. It fits me. Um, it, it was pretty at the time. I don't know if it's still the case, but fixed gear bikes were pretty in vogue at time. You're like kind of a badass if you had a fixed gear bike. Mm. So, you know, I was all about it. And, um, I, I gave him whatever, 150 pounds for that for Sheena let's take a moment for Sheena right now moment of silence God bless Sheena yeah yeah so um, I'm riding Sheena on the left side of the road which to me feels awkward because it's I've been living in countries where we drive on the right side of the road always Mm -hmm. for my whole life so I'm riding on a bike that I can barely ride on the wrong side of the road with buses and cars flying past me and I'm in a new city so it was overwhelming to say the least and as soon as I got home I googled can I make a fixed gear unfixed and how does that work and it told me take it to your take it to a bicycle shop and they can replace the 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 bearing Mm. so that it can spin so that I can then cycle as I would normally cycle without having to fear for my life so I'm like all about it I take Sheena to Putney Cycles, and Putney is the small town, well, the small, the borough, the neighborhood of London I was living in at the time, and um, I, I, I walked Sheena. That's how scared I was to ride her. <laughs> I walked her to the uh, to the cycle shop, and on the way there, I walked past the House of Yoga in Putney, and, it, and I know you only have the audio, but I've got a tattoo on my arm that commemorates the house of yoga so is that as a a metaphor some foresight into the experience that i would go on to have there i walked in just before taking sheena to the to the cycle shop and i just got the flyer and i said i'd sign up for the 30-day program and their 30-day is was 30 days for 30 pounds you know unlimited yoga and i had been looking for yoga in that period because I, I recently gotten turned on to yoga. Um, dropped Sheena off, signed up for the 30 days. I went for 30 days because I was I was the mindset of a college student and I'm going to get every penny, penny's worth, every pound's worth of, of yoga out of this offer. So the, the joke was on them, but really the joke was on me because I ended up working there uh, <laughs> to continue to get free yoga. And then the st- like that is where that is the epicenter of the second big phase of my evolution, and that is the the consciousness shift and the mindset shift. So at this point, I had had a few quirks in my system. Now it seems like things were going great. I lost the weight. I got into fitness, and um, you know I'm now living the life I want. But there's this, this undercurrent of self sabotage especially with food and so what I had been doing was um, a very dysfunctional relationship with food and that I would binge eat 
and I would try to run or exercise or just work out really, really hard to undo that and to, you know, to make it right, so to speak. And then I would, and then that would facilitate another binge eat. And I would be like, this is like, I think that a lot of people, I would say eight out of 10 people have a just some dysfunctional relationship with food. I know that a lot of people are in a category where they'd say that, that binge eating is something they, they do. And what I would do is I would, I would eat and then I would like eating because it, for whatever reason, it was taking me away from the present moment that I was unwilling to feel. And so I, I did end up having my challenges with this new course. I, I, I the new, um, the biomechanics, like it was difficult. It wasn't really where my heart was. Like when I said, put your, put my ass where my heart wants to be, it wasn't in another school. Like it wasn't in another institution where I had to sit and learn and stuff. Um, even though I did like the material more, my heart was still wanting to teach fitness. And I, I did. I got my gigs in and I started to uh, teach boot camp classes. And eventually when I was doing the yoga and yoga's, by the way, I want to be really clear about what yoga is when I talk about yoga. Yoga is a, is a 5,000 plus year old science of self-development and self consciousness elevating like really evolving the human mind psyche body and spirit like yoga is very intelligent so so we talk about yoga and like the flexibility and the mobility and and it's it, it seems like that when you look at a yoga class from the outside but what yoga does is it puts us in our body in these shapes that manipulate our energy in a way that harmonizes our energy and brings shit up so we our body stores energy that we that we are at the time unable to process for whatever reason so all the time i'm stuffing my face there's something i'm not processing all the time we're we numb out some some way there's something that we are uh if we're doing it if we're doing it in a dysfunctional way um there's something that we are not giving light to something that wants to be seen part of us and so what yoga started doing is it started putting me in my body and connecting me with my habits and my patterns and elevating my consciousness so i so i began to see them in ways i'd never seen them before because i'd never been consciously binge eating it was just happening and then i was on the hamster wheel and and knew no better but then i got on then i woke up so to speak, and was like, holy shit, I don't want to be on this hamster wheel, but here I am. What what can I do? Like, what can I do? And this brings me to a, a, an important point is that back when I was in engineering, I, I really was seeking after happiness and enjoying life. And I read a lot of psychology books, personal development books, um, uh habit books books about habits and everything like that you self self-help books like you go to an airport and you see you know there's an aisle of those everywhere and i could never connect to what was in the book and and actually integrating it into my life so it was like this maddening i know what's right and i want to make all these changes and i want to be perfect and i and like here it is and then i go to do it and i do it for one day we all know this i know i'm talking to you to your heart if you're listening um and we do it for two days and all oh, fuck it that's too hard i'm gonna go back to how i do things like that is tantamount to simply the unconscious behaviors 
being way too having way too much momentum to be taken off of their tracks, their train tracks, and put into the to the new tracks of a new conscious behavior. And so with with yoga raising my awareness so I can really see myself at a deeper level, I start to break apart and process these patterns that had been so unnerving to me for a couple of years at this point. Um, I've kept the weight off for several years, but now I've got this really annoying pebble in my shoe about my dysfunctional eating. And I just want peace, for goodness sake. I just want a life that's nice and easy, right? And that I can enjoy. And so uh, I looked at yoga for the first time and was like, hold on, this is something that I could use to heal me. And I, and I knew that there was bag. I mean, I had these feelings that there's baggage about my uncle's suicide in me, baggage about my, my mother's death in me, and definitely a chip on my shoulders that I had these heavy things that I had, you know, just kind of kept in and never really allowed to fully move within me and in their entirety. So I looked at yoga as a, as a, as a, vehicle for healing and and really before that man if you'd asked me what healing was i was like if you got a bruise and it goes away that's healed if you got a cough it goes away it's healed like i had no concept of emotional psychosomatic um healing like healing in the body and and yoga like taught me finally that my you know how to connect my body to my mind and to be in the present moment and having read all those books like i just I was I felt so empty with the knowledge and with yoga I was able to download the wisdom. And that's why yoga is so intelligent. So couple knowledge is really important, action is really important. Put those together and wisdom comes through. Mm-hmm. And so finally I'm I'm realizing life at a, at another level and being able to consciously walk a path for what feels like the first time I I'm no longer um, feeling like fate has the wheel, I feel like destiny is now now the appropriate word. So, the great distinguishing between fate and destiny is like fate is like it's a bit it's a bit like you know whatever the universe wants for me, it's gonna it's gonna have, and I'll just take my hands off the wheel and mm-hmm. and let it all unfold. And destiny is saying I'm an active creator in that, and I can choose and take action. And yes, I have the Dharma, and yes, I have something I want to realize that wants to to manifest in this lifetime, and it's up to me to create to live that destiny. And and so many people, so many people today are failing themselves to actualize on their destiny because we we really live in a society that just completely allows us to to, to fantasize the destiny instead of actualize. And that's super important because, I, and you know, that is one of the the hallmarks of the of the crowd that we run with, um, the enlisted gang, uh, me and and my yoga gang, and it's like we're all about actualizing our dreams, our goals, our ambitions into this life because it's so easy to sit on the couch and just fantasize, and it's like it's it's so it's so close, like it's. I feel like for the grace of God that that I've recognized and, and walked a path that allows me to to actualize it, to bring into being the life I want to live instead of um, just imagining it and letting that be okay because one is completely full and rich and the other is empty and hollow and 
um, a disguise of a life. And that, and that's how I see it. I mean, like, let me be clear. And, and that if I, if I poke some buttons, <laughs> that is, that's how I see it. Um, because I, I, I can see very clearly that I could have gone one way or the other. And I'm really happy. I went the way I went and that I, that I marched that to the beat of that drum. Like you said, at the beginning, uh, I would choose no other way. So, um, you know, the house of yoga, I start working there. I start teaching there. I go into yoga teacher training and, and let me tell you like the right yoga teacher training. And, and usually if it, if, if destiny has, has brought me there, it's, it's the right place at the right time. Um, that training cracked me wide open. Um, and it got me, it's like, I knew that I loved group fitness. And then when I was in the yoga training, I was like, this is it. I'm in this for life. Like it, whatever it's yoga is so much more than this. Um, what we do in a studio, uh, what we do, what we do teaching, telling, calling out the names of poses and describing where, where, what goes where, um, you know, if your foot goes in the air or to the front, whatever, um, it's so much bigger than that. Like that's one piece uh, of the puzzle. And I, and that, that's a great piece of the puzzle. And when I realized like I'm in this for the whole thing, the whole, whole thing, everything that yoga has to offer and in it, in its own name, yoga, it is a fulfilling, it's a fulfillment of what it leads us to. So the practice of yoga leads us to yoga and yoga meaning connection union. And that's connect. I would say, First and foremost, that's know thyself. But that is the spiritual teaching uh, that we can all, I, that I can hang my hat on as the one that has given me the most, most value is to go on a journey to know thyself. What, what, where do I stand? What, how do I observe my mind and what is, what are my patterns and what can I unlearn what isn't mine? Uh, and go into my truth again and again and again. And then from that fertile ground of truth, plant seeds for what I want to create again and again and again, and then go from there. And so when when we get to yoga, we can plant seeds and they're powerful and they manifest and we're, we're aligned, man. And so that's that got me to where I am. And I've it's been four years, believe it or not, I'm telling that to myself. Um, since I lived, since I left London, uh, my visa expired, and I went to I went to India. After that, um, a good story was in my teacher training. We had a, a magnificent teacher, um, Lucy Crisfield is her name. Lucy Crisfield. She's a teacher in London. She te- she has online courses now in Sanskrit. Sanskrit is the language of yoga traditionally and the yoga asana the yoga poses are traditionally in sanskrit the mantra traditionally in sanskrit the philosophy traditionally in sanskrit and we talk about words dude like we, we you and i are together because of the language game yeah. and sanskrit was on another level like mm-hmm. sanskrit had to be said she teaches people the right tonality of sanskrit because she's a i mean she has a background in music and I'm telling you, like, you know how when we play the one word game, changing out one word mm-hmm. makes a huge difference in the energy of it. Yeah. Saying the Sanskrit right changes the energy of it. And these words are, are dripping with, with energy because they've been repeated and, and um, 
energized with intention for thousands of years. And so one workshop with her and I was in a, literally I was in a trance. I was in, what is the, what's the brain state? Is it, is it gamma? But it's like, it's like flow in state. the zone. Yeah. Flow state. Flow um, state. Yeah. Yeah. I, she taught us, I was in flow state for three hours taking notes on the edge of my seat, on the edge of my cushion. I was in a, a yoga, yoga studio and I walked up to her. I, you know, I, until that point, I finally graduated from Roehampton, my biomechanics degree. And I said, I've been at a desk. I've been in schools for 20 years of my life. I've never been that engaged. Mm. What was that? I was, I was like, I, I've never felt so empowered to ask a question because I was like, what the hell was that? Cause that was some dope shit. Mm. And she says, Sometimes when the words come from a deeper truth, they go deeper into the person. And what I realized is what I began to piece together is that she was speaking from such a deep knowing. What she was sharing, it was at the absolute, at, at her cellular level, she believed fully. And when somebody teaches or speaks from that state, it goes deeper, deep, deep, deeper than anybody who's giving a lecture in front of a whiteboard. Well, she had a whiteboard, but like it goes deep, right? Instead of reading from a textbook. So, you know, I, I like to go back to the, to, the, to the time where I was like, I read dozens of books on psychology, self-help, self-development, and I felt empty. And here I am listening to her words being so full. It's not as if those words were any different than what I learned in all those books. But coming from her, they struck a chord with me that was deeper than any I'd ever had. And so I immediately told her, I was like, look, she's from, she studied in India for nine years with a, with a guru, one of the best gurus of this, of the Sanskrit, um, passing along the lineage of teaching the language and the phonics phonetics of sanskrit and and i said i'm going to go to india when when um when my visa expires i'm going to go to uh a retreat with i'll tell you about happy jack yoga shortly Hmm. and i told her i was like i'm going to be there for three weeks and i'm questioning that how long do you think i should go she says you you should go for as long as you can stay and i was like done the next day I changed my visa got the six month visa or yeah six month visa which at the time was the longest right now I've got a five year visa to India and I went to India for five months um, immediately after leaving London on her like just simply because she had touched me so deeply at that moment I was like I'm listening to you and so I um, I did more yoga trainings I went to ashrams I immersed myself in the yoga lifestyle which which is a which is a real privilege to do, and and especially as a Westerner, because we have no idea until we're taking out of it, taken out of it, how distracted we are from the mundane. Uh, what do we call it? The comforts of life, mm-hmm. right? I was doing a report on Mark Twain recently, and great he speech, says, by the way. Uh, "Great speech." Thank you. Thank. Yeah. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I've got a I've got a quote that uh, Mark Twain says, and he says, um, "Society 
see if I can see it really quickly. Civilization, civilization, he says, is the limitless multiplication of unnecessary necessities. Civilization, I would say society is the unnecessary, is the, is the limitless multiplication of unnecessary necessities. And that makes sense when we leave it and we realize just how much those things are tapping into our nervous system, taking our energy, taking our headspace. Like it's unbelievable. And so there's something very intoxicating about removing all the clutter and go just like, fuck it. I'm going to go live in an ashram. I'm going to have none of these distractions. I'm going to be with myself as hard as that is. Um, I believe that if one has the taste, has the taste of the, 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 the Kool-Aid of like what it is really to start to realize and self-actualize and to connect with a higher sense of self, which I had certainly developed at this point. I was fucking sold. I was like, I'm on that shit. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. Let me learn more. Um, I, I, I jumped in, man. Like I went to several ashrams. I spent uh, five, five months in, between India and Nepal. I went on a 15-day trek in Nepal. And that was another transformative time of my life and really the time to be alone and to become the vagabond, the, the traveler, the the um, nomad that I am today. And that was very much the precursor to that. And, and when I say that um, I'm still just beginning this journey, like I know it sounds like I've come a long way and it's true that the more, I, I think it's true, the more I know, the more I realize I don't know so I'm, I'm very sold on, I'm in this for life. Like, and that's, there's something incredibly beautiful because it's the first time that I really trusted something. I was like, my shoulders relaxed. I was like, right, I don't have to worry about what I'm doing for life. It's this, it's me. I'm doing me for my life. And whatever builds itself up around that, I'm cool with it as, as long as I'm in my knowing, in my truth. And so I'd say the biggest second phase after the weight loss was, was the shift in consciousness and awareness. And that has carried through to um, everything that I do with meditation, um, which is very much inspired by the the, the Pasana uh, meditation programs I've attended, the 10-day meditation programs. And um, yeah, everything I do today is in the vein of cultivating my awareness, growing my awareness, uh, training my mind, observing myself, unlearning what is what is not serving me, and you know, using the tools that we have at our disposal to become sharper and sharper and better at what I do and to pass that along to others and to, uh, to be a beacon of what it's like to live this life and hopefully inspire others to unplug, to disconnect from um you know the the habituated stimulated life that we have in america and in the west of let me just find the next thing that's a cheap entertainment that's a cheap like very fleeting thing um i believe in the 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 slow burn the 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 richness of life and uh that's where i am now and I want to say one more thing is that nature, Mm. our nature, like who we are, and this is what I've 
what it's culminated to and what I'm currently um, digesting and, and getting very connected with is like our, at our fundamental nature, we are nature. Like we, we really are of this planet, of these elements, of this system, of this whole. And so I really am in, in the belief that if I do my work, if I take full responsibility for my healing, my, my growth, um, it is for the good of humanity. When I pick up a piece of plastic and put it in the recycling, even though that's far from an imperfect, I mean, that's part of an imperfect system, I do it because it's we're all in this together. And so that that is really where I lead from. And it has taken me, you know, my whole process, my whole life to get to that and to and I and I want to deepen that and facilitate and foster that so that it's I'm less coming from ego and more coming from self. Yeah. Man, Jeff. That's the that, story, man. That is an amazing <laughs> story. And you know, it's funny because I've always known you were a really good storyteller, but I was on the edge of my seat that whole time. And, you know, there's so many things that you and I agree on. Uh, it's it's hard to even talk about all of them unless we have eight hours to bring it all up. And this is what was so great on your walk and talk that we went on down in Virginia, um, which is another subject I want to touch upon, too. But, you know, it's just a couple of things you brought up really resonated with me, which was, you know, one of the things you said was something along the lines of, you know, I'm just getting started in this journey. And mm-hmm. I remember one of the, you know, my life has been very similar to yours in a lot of ways. And I'll touch on that in a second. But one of the, like, probably my favorite part of all of Virginia, right? When we were down there, which for the listeners listening, Jeff and I were part of a amazing, badass, God, what would you even call that? Men's, just, I mean... Men's just, retreat. Yeah, I was going to say retreat, but I was like, trying to come up with a cool <laughs> and a word. But of ladies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, men's summit. Yes, men's summit. Yeah, where we got to really just engage with one another and disconnect with, you know, all of technology and just be human beings, not human doings. Because I wholeheartedly agree with what yeah. you were saying regarding the fact that so many of us are so plugged in that we don't even realize that that's not our true nature and that we are yeah. actually nature. But my favorite part about Virginia was there was one night where I forget if you were out there, but we were out and it was it was Mark, I believe it was Kim, I believe Chris or Leo was there. I can't remember exactly, but we were outside of the grill and we were just, you know, shooting the shit. And Mark, you know, in his uh, amazing storytelling ways, he's very, you know, for those listening, he's very quiet and, you know, you get in the edge of your seat when he says something. And so... <laughs> so you know, yeah, he, he, he puts on his you know high school jacket. I think it was his, or it might have been you know a relative of his, but you know it has England on the side and everything. And he puts it on, and he's like, he's like, uh, oh, it was his, it was his uncle's jacket. He's like, you know whose jacket this was? And we're all like, who? And he's like, my uncle. And we're like, oh, cool. And he's like, he took me fishing one time. He was seventy-eight when we went, and he looked at me and said, "How old are you?" I said, thirty-eight. And he looked at me and he said, you are just getting into your prime. And that like gave me chills because especially in Western culture, we're taught that like, you know, I mean, how many people are trying to hide their age, right? And trying to, you know, defy aging, which don't get me wrong. Like I will do everything I can to keep my body feeling young, but I'm not 
obsessed with the fact of looking young because I firmly believe like you touched yeah like yeah the vanity because like we touched on in the beginning if you take care of your body it will take care of you and you will you will age gracefully you know and you won't need to you know feel like you need to get Botox and all these things to feel like you are accepting of love you will realize that you are love you are the love that is Mm -hmm. the source energy of the universe right so that was my favorite moment down there but you know one of the things you brought up also was when your mother passed and you know I really resonated with that because my father passed back in 2015 mm-hmm. and you know my dad was you know a great great guy and always put his himself second for me and just really loved like just socializing and you know I I jokingly I've this has come up in many conversations before where I've talked about how you know when I really realized we were all connected was when he passed you know, he used to love Eggs Benedict. He liked coffee with no sugar. He liked a lot of things that I thought were weird. I was like, Eggs Benedict? Ugh, coffee without sugar? <laughs> it was no joke. Like, I can't remember exactly, but like very close to when he passed away. I went to breakfast and I was like, you know, I'm going to get Eggs Benedict in his honor, right? So I got Eggs Benedict and it was like the fucking best meal I've ever had, right? And then, yeah. <laughs> and then at the same time, you know, I'd been getting like more and more health conscious, started taking sugar out of my coffee. And I now just thinking about putting sugar in my coffee, I'm like, how the fuck did I ever do that, right? So it's funny that we really are all connected in that way. But I agree that when he passed, mm. you know, he got me to a certain point, which was and like, and again, like he was always saying, you can do anything you put your mind to, you know? And, and, yeah. but I kind of limited take out the kind of I limited myself in a lot of ways you know and that was just due to getting diagnosed with anxiety and building an unconscious identity and story around that Mm. uh, diagnosis and you know I really never spoke up about it you know I did good in school and I just kind of buried it down you know burying down those unprocessed emotions and feelings but when he passed it ignited it catalysted me into just just really, like you were saying, trying to run, you know, just running. And I did it with exercise. I did it, luckily, with all good things, like you were saying. You know, I wasn't right. necessarily yeah. running away from anything. I was running towards things I loved, but I was doing them in excess in a way that was not yeah. sustainable. Um, I ended yeah. up getting many injuries uh, through exercise because I just would not quit. You know, it was it was my drug. It was my absolute thing I did every day. Yeah. Um, luckily, getting more into meditation and the inner work and the yin side of life really has helped me a lot. Um, but I agree, totally. man. It's weird how that happens, you know. Like when our when our parents pass away, or when people we love pass away, there are a couple different ways to take it, you know. And I relate it to the ways in which people view. Like for instance, you were talking about how you and your sister, right? I don't know how old your sister is compared to you, but you grew up in a similar environment, right? You both watched mm. your parents and relatives go through drug abuse and alcohol abuse, but you went different directions, right? Like she, you were saying, mm-hmm. was you know abusing it, and you went completely the other way. And I think that's yeah. so interesting that like, because again, I've had very similar experiences in my family where I've had certain family members who went deeper into what they grew up around, you know, like alcohol and drug abuse. And I was on the end of like, I, I don't want to be like that. So I'm going to go yeah. towards this side, you know? And yeah. yeah, like, and it's it's just very interesting. But I, I do agree wholeheartedly that my dad passing was actually in a way a really good thing, you know? And you know, and I know he would say it the same way too, because we're infinite beings. It's, you yeah, know? It's, it's we're just right. changing our hermit shell crabs here. I mean, let's be honest. You know, our hermit <laughs> crab shells. You know, like I yeah. mean, and you know, I think we talked about on the walk and talk though, like that for a while. I I again took that to a a level that was unsustainable because I kept saying, you know, I know we're all infinite. I know we're infinite. He didn't die. He just changed, you know, his energy and 
you know, right. and I wasn't allowing myself to be human about it and realize like, well, no, like I think the analogy I used when we were doing our podcast is the, that of Disneyland, right? It's like we all come to Disneyland, right? And we all come here and we're all enjoying the rides together. And then at some point, you know, some people decide to go home, you know, early or they, they go home early, right? And we know that yeah. they're at, you know, home, right? We know that they're not gone, but at the same time, they're not there to ride the roller coaster with us, right? So they... Mm-hmm you know, we miss out on their physical presence at that experience, you know? And so really just the balancing act of life has been one that I've been walking for a long time now. And uh, just recently, you know, really since this year with quarantine and all these amazing things that have happened since then, um, because I refuse to look at it as a bad thing. I think it's one of the best things that's happened to humanity (laughs) as a collective. Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, You know, the balancing act has been something I've been really tuning into. So on the subject of mindfulness, and the balancing act of life, right? What caused you to get into meditation? Because I know that's like you were talking about your train of Vipassana mm-hmm. and I'm huge in Vipassana and TM. Uh, I love meditation. It's been the single-handed best thing I've done for my balancing act, if you will. Yes. Um, so let's hear a little bit about what got you into that. that. Like when was your first time meditating? Did you feel immediately that it was something that called to you or did it take some time building up that passion? What's the story behind that? Dude, I'm so glad you asked because I am super passionate about that. Yeah, man. And um, it, it was a, it was one of those cases where I got fed up with where I was enough to make a change. And it, you know, take it back to the House of Yoga in London, and I was um, starting one of their community programs so there's a community and they would have like a 40-day program do these you know really bringing yoga into the lifestyle because that's the, that's the big thing it's like we can do yoga for one hour three times a week and it's a nice stretch or we can change our life like it's like that it's there's a, a big fat line there mm. and i i was like look um i had been in a rut i had been in a rut of pressing snooze on my phone and i was in school at the time i was still studying I pressed snooze on my phone all the way up till I had five minutes to get out of my house, like brush my teeth, get out of there and go to class. All the all the while, like I really what I really wanted was I wanted to get up, I wanted to go run, I wanted to to do good like I wanted to take care of my body, I wanted to do things, but here it was. Um, the opposite of that, like really crushing myself and um, also that's that we build our our identity based on our actions, right? So if I keep pressing snooze uh, and I keep lying to myself about what I'll do the next morning and, and, and then flaking out on myself, I, it's, it's a very dangerous pattern that can, that can solidify. I mean, it's, I think it's totally worth being in, uh, being a warrior and no, and like fighting that, side of consciousness that wants to overtake us in terms of our lifestyle like those those patterns that are bringing us downward um like be a warrior and 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 be aware and be willing to try new things and pivot and and counter attack and try new we'll call them strategies for a different life um because if if i get stuck in that one it's a long road. It's a, it's a quick road back down. We'll say it like that. It's an easy saunter back down to hell. It's a long road back. Uh, so I was in that pattern of here I am really agitated with myself 
and I told the group, I said, I'm, I'm going, this is what's powerful about words. I said it out loud, dude. I said it to a group of people, 30 people in that group. And I said, I'm going to start getting up. I'm going to set my alarm and I'm going to get up at least an hour before I need to get ready. I, I, and I said, in that time, I'm going to meditate and I'll do some yoga. But really the key was meditation. And I, and I took on meditation for 40 days. I said, I'll meditate for 40 days. That changed my life because I did it. I said it in front of a group of people. I, I even, and because I said it, and this and listen to this, because if you're thinking about playing big, realize, I wouldn't even say play big. I see live up to your highest expression of yourself saying it in front of others and owning it inspires other people we talk about this like it's easy to want to like be like a turtle that retracts its head back in its shell and it's like no 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 i'm i'm not up to anything special here (laughs) right and there might be some people that that, hell there's going to be people that will judge that right And, and 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 have that negativity towards it and there's two other people there's the critic who's really going to do that who's really the only one doing that and then there's the huge amount of people that are going to be inspired by going by you going for it by me going for it so any chance i get where i feel that nervousness that tension that ah i'm on the edge of the precipice i go for it because i i know like that's i trust that now i've done it enough And so I I went for it. I meditated for 40 days. And dude, it did not connect with me immediately. It was a slow burn. I hated it at first. I was bored. I was fidgety. Five minutes seemed like a fucking hour. (laughs) I could never focus. All, All of those things that are perfectly, absolutely normal for starting a meditation practice and even meditating for years, right? So that's what I want you to hear, people, person who's listening right now. It's let let it be known that you you have to work through that discomfort of getting into a new practice of sitting with yourself because let's face it, how often have you pulled everything away and just been there in your life? And for many people, that's a big fat goose egg. That's a that is like holy shit, I didn't even know that was a thing to just be in a space. And so when you say go from being a, a person who a human being to or go from a human doing to a human being it's like mm. i can be sit, sitting there doing all kinds of things i can be thinking about my to-do list for the day i can be you know grocery shopping i can be fantasizing i can be in the past there's so much to do it's just sitting there and so it's all about how, how do i pull that back from the place of being an observer and this is what we have to tap into for meditation we have to tap into I need to be able to observe the thoughts rather than being in the thoughts. Mm. It's like seeing your reflection in a, in a body of water versus dunking your face into it. Mm-hmm. One of them is very different. We are not disturbed by the ripples in the water or the current of the river if we're looking at it from above, like the thoughts can come through. And then we can start to let the energy flow from there. So. Anyway, I, I just became a meditation teacher in that moment. What I want to tell you more about my story, though, um, it, it was it was hard going. But I, after about three months, I could see the archetype. I, I like to use this word. 
I could see the landscape or architecture of my mind. In other words, I was able to see, I was able to pull away in any given moment. So here's here's what that looks like in reality. And and for people listening to this who, who are who are new to this, please um, do not underestimate how powerful it is to realize I've been thinking this whole time. Now I'm in the present moment. Now I see that tree. Now I hear those birds. And to realize that if I went on a walk, for example, and I've been walking for 20 minutes and then and then I realize, oh my goodness, I've been thinking the whole time. And in that moment, I realize in that moment of awareness, that observer sees, oh, the thoughts of, I've been identifying with my thoughts the whole time. Holy crap. Then I land in the present moment and I see this is mindfulness. I see what's around me. I experience what's around me. I'm in the present moment. I feel it. My mind and my body are in the same place. And truth be told, man, I didn't know what the present moment was before I got, like several years before I got into yoga, when I was reading those, you know, reading a lot of self-development books, I, I was like, you know, I talked to my dad about it. I, I was like, these books are all talking about the value of the present moment. And he's like, oh, sure. Yeah, the present moment is, is priceless it's so important and i said well i'm here aren't i and that was and i loved that i had that moment where i said that because that was how disconnected it was i thought because i'm physically in this room i'm therefore i must be present it's like when we're in line or in, you know in the classroom and the teacher is calling attendance and we say yeah i'm present like i'm, I'm a body here mm-hmm. and, it, and i was completely disconnected from well, I was, instead of disconnected, I'll say I was fully identified with my thoughts, meaning that I, what I thought I was, and if I was into my thoughts, I was fully away from the present moment. There's no other way I can say it right now um, more clearly. And so after meditating for several months, I started getting these little doses of, oh, wow, here we are. Oh, wow, here we are. Oh, there's that tree. Oh, there's that wind on my face. Oh, there's the, the, the temperature so nice. Mindfulness, like truly dropping in. And mindfulness coupled with the realizing of how busy my mind was at, at that stage of my life, um, quite busy-minded. And what I realized is, hey, this meditation practice is starting to bleed into my life. It's not about this 10 minutes. Not only about this 10 minutes I sit down into, it's about my whole life. And I, and I started to recognize like, and learn, and I started to learn and teach myself about meditation itself, um, that this is, this is what yoga, this is what the physical yoga is preparing us for. You go into the studio and, and you see people that are uh, doing the shapes, right? The, the yoga poses and come to realize that that's only a few, a few hundred years old if that, uh, maybe a thousand years old, that part of yoga has come into play. Yoga before that was to sit and to be connected to source. That's yoga union, and that's meditation. What we do today, what you and I do, is we practice meditation. And we're lucky if we get to a state of meditation. So I do my best to distinguish meditation practice Versus the, the meditation is a state 
where all of a sudden everything dissolves the mind we drop past the layer of mind and into the present moment so deeply so richly that it's all there is and so the dividing line between this body and anything else around it disappears and so there's there's a oneness and meditation is is interfacing is bringing is going towards that experience and hopefully immersing into that experience because it's incredibly healing in that place if we can stay in that place our patterns can can start to unravel our karma we'll use the yogic term karma starts to to burn away because we are in a fully non-reactive state non-responsive we're fully being in the current of the present moment which has no time boundaries no space boundaries it's infinite and so all all of us that is that is an illusion like our parts of our identity i'm getting i'm getting i know i'm getting way out there but i'm into it starts <laughs> I'm into to it too. dissociate <laughs> yeah it's it starts to come unravel so we unravel those particularly sticky parts of ourselves uh and deep meditation and and connect with our natural state and and behavior shifts mindset shifts it's like that if there was a um you know a hack a cheat code to the self development i really believe it's meditating because everything i do i can do better if my awareness is better and my meditation practice is directly predicated on cultivating and deepening and honing like a blade my awareness so that it is sharp and it knows when i'm distracted and i can come back into the present moment and when that is good every other thing i'm better at because of it i'm better at noticing my language because of it i'm better at catching my stories because of it i'm better at undertaking big projects because i can i can see myself when i get overwhelmed and impatient because of awareness like that's that is a deeply ingrained thing for me is to to get overwhelmed i take on a lot like i i really go for it and sometimes that can be overwhelming and if i'm sharp and if i've if i feel refreshed from a meditation practice that whole day is so much smoother and nicer and easier for no other reason that i was just had more peace and more presence throughout that day so that i'll keep talking about how much i love it i want to tell you a little bit more about my my journey so i i took it upon myself to cultivate my own self practice i used headspace as an app mm. and i it was great for me um headspace is great guided meditation and uh it's rooted in buddhist style practices mainly at least it was back then it's changed a lot and um I went on the journey of I'm going to meditate every day and I still do meditate every day I believe I will I will until I I will until further notice and um I started to to go deeper into the philosophies of yoga which as I described before meditation is is intertwined with what yoga is and I started doing trainings and and meditation and yin yoga which is a med- very very deep meditative and energetically um healing practice yin yoga and that's that's now what i primarily teach is uh yin yoga is the physical practice and i teach meditation those are the mm-hmm. two um most prominent practices that i teach and and i'm very lit up because i think that they're 
um, by and large, the most effective. And and do and and do some people need to do the fitness yoga uh, first, and then and then mature a little bit into a different kind of yoga, and then eventually find themselves to uh, yin and meditation. I think that's a very common path. That's that was the path I took. Um, it was like very much hardcore fitness, and then fitness yoga, and then a little bit more hatha yoga meditation, and then now. Um, I still love fitness. I mean, I still do all that stuff. Of course. Like, I, I still love that stuff, but mm-hmm. I know what works deeply at my on my psyche and my um, energetic being, uh, which if our energy is in harmony, then, then life is in harmony. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can flow when we are in harmony and our energy body is, is good. And so these yoga practices, yin and meditation, um, are very powerful. So I've done so many many trainings in that and and in Ayurveda. And along the way, I've done a few of the Vipassana um, courses. And, and Vipassana is a style of meditation in its own right, taught by the Buddha, the capital the Buddha. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, those those have been the deepest operations on me on my on my mind on my psyche. It's ten talk about taking a person and you'll, you'll appreciate this. Like the first one I did was in India and it took me out of my want. So it, it took a person at the time who who wanted to eat a lot and exercise to make that okay. And it put me in a place where I had to sit on my ass for 10 hours a day and meditate and practice this meditation practice, which is absolutely exhausting when, when I'm new at it. So I'm sitting on my ass, not burning any calories, except my mind is probably burning tons of calories. Um, and then they give us like all you can eat. And so it was like, holy shit, like what am I gonna do? It's, it was literally my dragon looking at me. It's like, what are you gonna do? Um, what do we, when, we're, when we really are in the work, what does life present us? Exactly what it is we need to, to level up. So at that time, we're lucky if we attract a big, a worthy, like nemesis in our life, and if we actually go into it, right, rather than run away from it. We're lucky if we fight our dragons because if we we realize that they're they're um, adorable pet dragons and they just needed some love. But really, it's it's like we have to face those down. Um, otherwise, they'll always be there and they'll always be running the show, and. Um, so anyway, I'm here with, an, with more food than I need to eat and no exercise and a roommate that snores like a freight train. Like, talk about a recipe for psychosis. Mm. And um, <laughs> man, that was a fucking amazing um, 10 days. It, it was, uh, it, it, it really is surgery for the mind, um, intense surgery for the mind. And uh, it was a year later before I said it's time for me to do another one. I did it. I served. I did. I was a server uh, on one in California at a, at the north. I, I don't want to tell people because it's a, my favorite place and it's already crowded. Um, <laughs> we'll keep it secret. <laughs> the North Fork. North. I'll say it. I'll say it. I have to now. Mm-hmm. The North Fork Vipassana Center. Um, it's in. It, at least the times I've been to it has been a very outstanding, outstanding center, and it's. Those centers of Vipassana are run from the energy of the practice. So the quality of the practice there, the, the 
discipline of the students there and the teachers and the assistants and everything, they run really good when people are dedicated because I mean, there's when we're, when I'm ready to shed all this, you know, when I, when I'm done with this life of whatever I'm trying to do, because I feel like, you know, I'm driven to do it. Um, I know that Vipassana is there waiting for me to just take me home in a way. Like, I mean, that's my yoga practice. I mean, I do, um, I do practice yoga every day, um, sometimes twice a day to, um, you know, to, to facilitate the, the best life that I'm living now. And I know that when, when or if I decide to get very serious about it, it's there. So that's, that is my, um, journey with meditation i mean it's like one of those things that the, the sky's the limit on it and how, how far we're willing to go into into it is it's another infinite which is also exciting you know the quote i thought of right when you were talking about the dragons was uh mark's favorite quote which is if you laugh at the devil he will run away yes. you know and i thought about that right away yes. we're gonna dude we're gonna have to do round two and three man because you and i could talk for hours like and it's yeah, you know yeah. Isn't that beautiful though? Like when you can literally just it's slip. It's so good. I mean, you can slip into that flow with someone. Like, you know, it's funny. I always write out some cool, like, you know, conversation stuff, whatever, but the best conversations, I don't even use any of them. And this was like the ultimate expression of not having to use any of them. It was amazing, man. So I really can't <laughs> thank you enough. Jeff, where can people go to find, you know, find you, uh, connect with you, learn more about you, and employ your services? Dude. First of all, it's been a pleasure, and this is—I mean, we're we are just getting started. I'm mm-hmm. super happy that our paths have crossed, and and now cultivating an awesome friendship. Yeah. You're you're a dear brother, and so thank you for having me on, and thank you for all that you do. Uh, thank you to those who are listening, uh, and I hope my story has inspired you. Look, I've got a 30-day meditation program. Uh, on my website, Hefe Living, J-E-F-E Living.com. And you can go to it there and, and it's completely available to you to and this is the whole thing. It's inspired by my journey. We do this thing, it's called giving a practice fair trial. Mm. Very often, and I'm and I'm and I'm a culprit of this as well, we'll try something for a few days and then all of a sudden it's like, nah, I don't want to do that. Before as soon as the newness wears off, like all of a sudden it's it gets a little bit hard and we have to turn into we have to tune into our grit our mindset our etc if we get if we push through that if we persevere with a practice what we get to dis, what we really get to understand is if this serves us or not so we have to go we have to pass the threshold of the ego resisting change into the integration of that thing itself in this case meditation to really understand does this serve me or not and so many times um people get to the the threshold and they turn back and so my 30-day program is about getting to the threshold and crossing over and really discovering meditation and so many people have done it it's 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 a very simple thing simple meditation um accessible for beginners and advanced alike to to discover the impact of 30 days daily practice and the intention is you you keep practicing like you just keep going and you, and I've got people in my WhatsApp group that have um you know you can join the WhatsApp group too that they're on their 7th or 8th round of the thing 
and and it's 30 days. I'm like, how can you listen to my voice for a year? <laughs> I could listen to your voice for um, that long. So anyway, sure. <laughs> dude, thank you. Um, yeah. it, that's there. Uh, that's to get you in the door and whet your appetite. And if you love meditation, I facilitate uh, meditation programs that are that are different flavors of meditation, getting into the emotional work, the healing work of meditation. Uh, I facilitate coaching along with that. And uh, I work with amazing yoga schools all around the world, uh, primarily Happy Jack Yoga. Um, I'm going to be leading uh, an, a course in Ayurveda. Well, I'd love to talk with you about Ayurveda, man. We could go all yeah. we could go all in on Ayurveda too. Hell yeah! Um, which is the which is putting this wisdom into use uh, for our lifestyle. So we live. You and I both live in Ayurveda lifestyle like we are we are tuned in we are looking for what serves us and we are um working towards that balance and that's essentially what ayurveda is yeah um so i'm doing that program with happy jack yoga in october and that will be uh that'll be evergreen through their platform um if you're interested in them and yeah like get in touch with me through instagram um or or my website you can email me through there um, Instagram is at Hefe, J-E-F-E underscore A-F. Um, funny story, the nickname Hefe, uh, it's it's like Jeff, right? And I just mm-hmm. thought that people were saying Jeff like um, with a Spanish accent because the J is he, he, yeah. he. Hefe. So, um, you know, the nickname stuck with me for about a year, a uh, year and a half before I realized it meant boss, like it meant chief in mm-hmm. Spanish. And... Um, I thought that was quite cool. And it, and what was even cooler is that one of my best friends in Georgia, in Atlanta, from school, he started calling me Hefe. He's Cuban, and I think that just Hefe, I don't know why he started calling me Hefe, to be honest. <laughs> um, and and then I left, and I went to France, and, and one of my dear friends, she started calling me Hefe as well, just completely separate of and then when I came to London one of the people in our yoga school started calling me Hefe and I was like alright that's okay I get it um, Hefe seems to be a thing yeah. and it was right around then that I realized hey it's, this is boss mm. and what that means to me is it means to be the boss to be my own chief my mm. own leader uh, in my life and so Hefe living is, is ultimately about taking self responsibility in this life to go on the journey because it's it's there for everyone and it's the most liberating, profound thing, uh, and it's utterly priceless. Priceless. The price of admission is your blood, sweat, and tears, and joy and bliss as you go through the human journey. And it's absolutely worth it. Like I said at the beginning, um, we have we all have that decision, especially more than ever in this day and age. Do we want to live a hollow life of 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 make believe and fantasizing our reality, or do we want to actually go out there and get it? And I'm telling you, one is better than the other in my life in my life and i'm really happy i took the steps on that road and brother i'm i'm gonna drop the mic dude (laughs) Dude. well i have one final question for you so don't drop it just yet so i have a yeah i have no no, i have a feeling that i know what you're gonna say but i'm gonna ask it anyway if someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life what would hefe suggest that change be meditate I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Seriously, guys, reach out and do that program. 
Thank you, man. Yeah. Dude, yes. Dude. Thank you for the, the time. I love I, you, man. Dude, I love you too, man. Seriously, from the bottom of my heart. And, you know, it's not every day I get to meet someone who inspires me on such a deep soul level. However, when I think of people who have done just that, Hefe immediately pops to mind. As soon as I met him during the Elifted Coaching Certification, I was drawn to his calm, cool, and collected demeanor, coupled with his enthusiasm for life, which has been infectious since day one. I guarantee everyone listening to this episode right now could use more calm in their life, so don't waste another second in giving yourself the gift of serenity and reach out to Hefe right now to find out all the amazing ways you can add mental real estate to your life. Hefe, thank you so much for hopping on the show. Until next time, journey well, much love, namaste, my brother. Peace. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, dot com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.